The following show features episodic breakdowns of Jackass, either performed by professionals or under the supervision of professionals. For your safety, avoid listening to this podcast at all times. Hi, I'm Mikey Aaronworth. I'm Jason Wellwood. And I'm Chris Aaronworth. Welcome to Jackass. Welcome to Jackass, the podcast where we're on a path of destruction through every single episode of Jackass. And in this case, Viva La Bam. Never mind the Jackass, Chris, we're, we're, we're coming in hot with uh, Viva La Bam Season 2, Episode 2. We just covered last week, Season 2, Episode 1. Uh, why don't you uh, take us away with a little bit of information about this, uh, this, 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 this new episode that we're looking at, Chris? You always make fun of me for not being natural. That came off so awkward. Which, which part did? <laughs> the whole thing. Well, guess why? Because I'm filling in for an absentee Jay. He's not here this week. He might week. be dead. Uh, he might be. We haven't, we haven't, heard, we from haven't heard from him. If we don't see him on next week's episode, he probably died, honestly. I hope he's not because he's better at the intros than I am. Uh, but I, I'm sure I'll yeah, get the hang fuck. of it uh, in, in, in a little while. Chris, uh, at least we'll have a good us- outro for once. That's true. Yeah, we'll get straight to it. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> it'll be straight to the point. Well, we're doing season two, episode two of Viva La Bam. I'm really enjoying this Viva La Bam train. Um, this episode came out on May 2nd of the year 2004. Okay. It was a really sad day for us Canadians and Scottish people because the legendary, legendary John McKenzie, the Scottish Canadian bagpiper and pipe major, died uh-huh. at the age of 83. Really? Yeah. What did he, what did he die of? It, at it, eaten by a shark? <laughs> so someone actually put poison inside his bagpipes. It's a really big uh-huh. mystery. It yeah. was a big. No, I think, his, I think his, just old, his bagpipe. His bagpipe looked like a uh, like a like a coughing, like the Pokemon coughing, with just like green gas emitting. <laughs> from, from all the place. By the way, you say he died of old age. Do you remember as a kid when you believed that was a thing? Like old age, dying of old age literally is impossible. That's not your heart doesn't just be like. No. All right, people gave it a good age. run. What is what does that mean, Chris? You just got old, and you just like some no. people they go to bed and they just wake up, they're fine, and they just. Just, you know, they just don't wake up the next day. Sorry, they go to bed. Let's yeah. walk through this process. They go to bed. They wake yeah. up. They're fine. No, they don't. They wake die. Up. Oh, they no, you up. said they go to bed and they wake up. They're fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> they go to fair, bed fine. Uh-uh. And they wake up and they're dead. Just like So Jay. they don't wake up, though. That's, that's, <laughs> the, that's the point I'm trying to make. They don't. They don't wake up. Yeah, because they're old, is, too old. They, they're, they, there's, there's a theory. And if this theory is true, I am fucked for sure okay. that everybody's every single person on mm-hmm. earth has a predetermined for whatever genetics for whatever reason amount of total heartbeats that their heart can do predetermined so it's like, who's determining this no it's just it's just based on genetics or whatever the case is so it's like you have a set amount when you're when you're born and after that it's just like an engine it just hits a certain amount and it just kind of okay. conks out so it's like you know, that's why a lot of like, uh, you know, uh, bodybuilders or cocaine addicts. Basically, if you get your heart <laughs> speed up too much, you're fucked. So um, it, it's uh, what about athletes, though? A lot of athletes, they die, Yeah, but a lot of athletes live a long time. Well, they just had a more predetermined heart condition. Mm-hmm. No, you see where there's beats. already holes in this. Like if I work out every day, my heart's beating way. They more were talking about on Joe Rogan. It's true. Oh, he okay. Sorry, I shouldn't. <laughs> yes, he's, he's basically a doctor. He is basically a doctor. If he wants to come on this podcast, he's he he can. He's you know what? He's also not very good at intros to podcasts. He doesn't have them on his podcast, so who needs him? Yeah, I guess that's very true. 
Hey, I brought up the the bagpiper just because I wanted to. It, for some reason, he reminded me completely for no reason of another like Canadian weird musical instrument legend. Remember the remember the uh, the fiddle guy? He was like the really big guy. in the nineties. He was like he was like he like did not fiddle like a violin, but he did like 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 moshing violin stuff. No, Do you remember that I don't guy, remember Ashley McIsaac or something? I think his name was Ashley McIsaac's a guy. Yeah. Wow, I think yeah, I've like seen that dancer, name. I like just... with the devil, like in like much music. It was pretty sick. Oh Jesus! No, I thought I you would have known that. about that for sure. Huh. Ashley McIsaac. Maybe if I did, it would bring back some weird childhood memory. Look, look. This is this is you and me going back and forth about our childhood as we always do. But we don't have Jay to step in and 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 write True. the course, unfortunately. So I'm going to have to do that for him. I'm going to take us through this episode. This episode is it's interesting. It's kind of setting the tone for what this season's going to be. The first episode of, of Viva La Bam season two, which we did last week, uh, uh, definitely did that, where Bam moves from his house in Westchester to uh, Castle Bam, which they redo and remodel. I, I totally didn't remember this saga of Viva La Bam, where they're basically like remodeling his house episode by episode. The thesis of this one, Slayer the band is coming to visit, and they've got to remodel the bar to become a pirate bar, which is great. Uh, they I, do some other remodeling as well. For some reason... So distinctly remember the pirate bar. Like the second they said the that, bar. I was like, I fucking, I don't know what it is or what it was about it, but there, it just, I guess it's like, why a pirate bar? You know, like what the hell's going on? But it's true. I also think we have so many, look, just like our hearts have only so many beats that they can make. I think we only have so much space in our head for certain types of things. Right. And it's like, I, I know a lot of bars. But I only know one pirate bar. So if I hear pirate bar, there's one that's coming to my mind. And it's this one, right? I'm always going to remember that. Yeah. Uh, And it's this this weird ass one. Yeah. I definitely remember this saga. And this was, I remember it very fondly of Viva La Bam, where it is each episode, they're adding something to the house or they're building something. So it's like, it's going to be a little trickier than usual to kind of comment on like we normally do, because there's not like standalone segments or pranks. It's more of like, this is what happened today and this going on. There's little tidbits that we could really touch on, but as the seasons go on, they have like, all right, we need to build a fucking uh, a war memorial like presentation in the backyard. You know, like they do right. all these crazy different things. So it's like, it's so fun each episode. Like what the fuck are they going to add to this place? So I definitely yeah, it's, enjoy it's, this season. It's almost like they've taken, you know what the the episodes kind of feel like are like an episode of Nathan for you, where there's like a general idea they're moving towards. And then each little segment is like a, a build up to the end goal. The only thing about this is it's like, this is so typical MTV fast paced nonsense that you're right. There's there isn't as much to really sink your teeth into. And that works in almost an opposite way as to what jackass is i you know jackass has very simplistic ideas sometimes that are so stupid but they really lean on and they really draw them out and that really allows it to 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 like go in depth on these things but when every two minutes we're switching from one scene to another it's hard to really pin stuff down so we'll, we'll go through it and we'll do what we usually do you know go go uh, beat by beat through the episode but maybe we won't spend so much time stopping in each of the different areas of this one we start off with uh bam and ryan dunn doing what i i think looks incredibly fun they're like skiing around on atvs what why it's would interesting you think I look- in my notes i w- i literally put there's no way mikey would ever drive through mud on an atv if if you, that you were the dirty? goal yeah, you're getting but that, dirty. You don't like but getting mud dirty. Is, here's the thing. Mud isn't dirty in the way that like it's literally dirt. Is dirty. What do you call dirt? 
<laughs> it's literally it's, dirt. It's, it's the definition of dirt. But mud is the kind of thing on its own that you can like smear on your face and it's good for your pores or whatever the fuck. Like mud, mud is just like a, that's like a spa thing. mud. This is like Pennsylvania fucking. Yeah, I don't think I'd want anything from Pennsylvania touching my face now that I know. Plus, there's like probably it. motor oil on it. Like, I just, I just <laughs> could not see you. You don't like anything touching your face whatsoever and having that splatter on you. Like, I'm surprised you even put on sunscreen. You know what? It's, it's, uh, I have to take a couple deep breaths before I do. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I see, to me, mudding seems like the funnest thing. Like, I would love it. I don't mind getting dirty. No, but. Chris, we know that you don't have to. We know that everything about you says I like mudding like a hundred. We, we already get that. <laughs> that's that's that comes. You may as well have a bumper sticker that says I love mudding, but you can't read it because there's mud all over it like that. That is just part of your identity. No, I do think this looks fun, especially the way that Dunn and, and Bam are doing it. They're skidding around like barely hanging on. They've got like one pinky toe on the ATVs as they're skidding around this this muddy uh, outcrop. Um and it gets to a point where uh, April comes out to tell Bam someone's on the phone for him and gets sprayed with mud. And that's like the big, oh, my God, April's dressed up in something nice and she got sprayed with mud. I wonder, as a kid, it's hard to go back to that thought. Did I actually believe that that wasn't staged? Like, did I ever in my mind think that that was just she's coming out to or was I am I just more cynical now and I'm, I'm more inclined to see through uh, the lines of, of reality television at this point? That's a good question. Uh when I say I didn't think about it being staged, I, I think as I do with everything, and even as I do and I'm watching it now, I'm I'm big into suspended disbelief. Like I can uh-huh. just watch anything. It's life is more fun with me without overanalyzing things. So sure. I think that's probably what I was doing back then, just as I'm doing now. You know what I mean? But now I'm a little, I, I'm definitely a little more privy to it. It's harder for me to ignore, I guess. I think now you can't ignore it because you know I'm going to bring it up at some point. I think that's the thing that bums you out. Yeah, you, ruin everything. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to. Yeah, I just try to ruin everything. I don't try to. It's just that if I have to exist in here and you tune into this podcast, I'm going to bring you. I'm pointing to my brain as I say this. I'm going to bring you inside and and bring you down into the mud like like Batman in The Dark Knight Returns. I'm going to bring you into the mud and 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 and, and make you squeal like a pig. Like the leader of that gang that he, you know what I'm talking about, Chris? You've oh, yeah. read The Dark Knight Returns? No, yeah, you haven't. 100%. No, of course not. Yeah, of course not. I just said, oh, uh, yeah, because I completely zoned out. Because the second you get in your Batman fetish, <laughs> I just friggin'. It's not a fetish. There's it's nothing a fetish. dirty about it. No, of course I want to fuck Batman, but it's not like a, like a, I get rock hard every time I see him. You, I think you've literally watched every Batman spinoff possible thing that's came out. <sighs> not even spinoff. He even dressed up I, his dog as Batman. I did dress up my dog as Batman. She didn't talk to me. She's literally never talked to me, but she especially <laughs> didn't talk to me for a couple days after that. She was miserable. There's a photo that's like all the dogs. We all dressed up like, what, four or five dogs? And yeah. they were all kind of like happy to be dressed up. And Frankie wouldn't even like look at the camera. She's like, you're not documenting this. Frankie is No, literally very, wouldn't look in the camera. But she was she looked cool, channeling though. her inner Batman. She was channeling. Yeah. She, Batman is brooding. No, yeah, Batman would be Batman. a shitty friend for, for yeah. a couple reasons. One, he's brooding and he's always miserable. Two, he's he has a plan in place to kill you at all times. That's that's canon with Batman. He has a plan for every member of the Justice League to kill them if they ever go rogue. That's that's like a main. That's, that's normal, a major. Though. Everybody kill. has that with everybody they know. What would your plan be to kill me if I went rogue? I hide would my act- toiletries. <laughs> what? Hide my toiletries. See, I would have to do something that's like a little. 
not like just shoot you is that it, I, I couldn't look you in the eye as I was doing it because, you know, you are my brother and whatnot. So there would right. be some kind of things. I think I would. And I do have those. Uh, G- I, do, I do have those J.K. Simmons from Oz uh, eyes tattooed in the back of my head. So you couldn't even shoot me from behind either. Yeah, I would have to lure you somewhere. And I think I would try and mousetrap you like we we're talking about last week, to be honest. Okay, stay yeah. a pizza to a cardboard cutout of me and just... Yeah, just but I, I, would, I would just put a fucking Batman DVD on the ground somewhere and you'd be like, oh, fucking Batman. <laughs> There's a 100% chance that would work. 100%. Yeah, for sure. There's no way I'm walking it. by a Batman DVD. Yeah, it is. It is your plan. A very, <laughs> very uh, meta, too. I like it. Yeah. Uh, so the so who's on the phone for Bam? It's uh, it's it's Slayer. Slayer's coming to town and we get the key for Sutherland spe- special. I love a good 24 hour countdown clock uh, uh, channeling 24 on this one, because in 24 hours, Slayer is going to come stay at Castle Bam and play a big old concert there. Courtesy, I'm assuming of MTV. Um, uh I, I like this bit. The best takeaway from it is is Ape when she comes back in from the mud and calls uh, Bam and Don Assies. It's a great <laughs> name. Assies. That just everyone fucking dies. Um, the the uh, we go straight to kind of scouting things out. This is a bit of an offshoot. We're scouting out rooms where Bam's going to put his uh, his half pipe. And this almost feels entirely separate from the rest of the episode because the, the rest of the episode has nothing to do with with a half pipe. Uh, but it's a carpet room. What was this room and why was the car? You know, like this is the kind of shit that I think about where I'm like, they had a carpet. They planned this scene out so that Bam would get like Bam and Dunn come track in mud and they're like, oh, there's a stunt in here somewhere. There's a sketch in here somewhere. Let's pretend like Ape has uh, an affinity towards this carpet. Like that was another one where I'm like, I'm not fucking buying it. Yeah, I remember hearing <clears throat> Bam talking on some podcast or something and saying like, MTV. you listen to other podcasts. What the fuck is wrong with you? I do. Especially when Jay's not on here. I can't hear your voice all the fucking time. That's a good point. You know what? Neither can I. But uh, yeah, he was basically talking about like MTV's notoriously doesn't pay people very much for the shows until right. you get big and you renegotiate. Sure. So he kind of already had the star power and had a massive fucking budget. This was in the heyday of MTV. Yeah. And he was like, yeah, we we're like, we we're just trying to find shit for MTV to buy us. Like. We're like, what the fuck can we do? So it's like, all right, let's get a house. Let's get this renovated. Let's do this. Let's destroy this. So it was like every episode, basically the concept seemed to come from them wanting to actually get something done. So he's like, oh, I fucking True. want a half pipe in my house. How could I fucking spin this into a TV show? I want to get rid of this carpet room. How could I spin this into a TV show? You know, a hundred percent like so smart. And there's, there's a moment later in this episode where you just, it dawns on me, you know, not that I needed to, to reiterate this or have this reiterated to me, but like, fuck, Bam is such a smart dude. Like, oh yeah, no, no jokes. He's a fucking genius and he's a go-getter. He's the kind of guy who like, whether it was skating or it was jackass or it was Viva La Bam, success was going to find him because he wasn't going to fucking stop until it was face to face with him. It's, uh, it's, and that makes sense. That, that rare type of person, you know, like in most people, you know, are either a, I can get shit done or I can come up with great ideas type people. Yes. They usually yeah. don't cross it, cross, like over cross. And whenever they do have some crossover, those are the people that are very successful people. You know 100%. what I mean? Like. If someone is successful, they have both of those traits. And if you don't have both those traits, you either need to be a little lucky or you need to be in the right place at the right time. But most of the time, you're not going to reach that excess level of success like Bam has. No, it's a good point. It's almost like most people's inclinations are either one or the other just to balance the scales a little bit. But, you know, he and it's smack dab in the middle and he's got ambition and he's got ideas 
and he fucking throws it all at the wall and he's got the budget of MTV. So he's got, he's got a powerhouse working with him. Um, uh, my favorite takeaway of this one, uh, when, when April asks him like a very legitimate question, uh, bam, aren't you sick of half pipes? Cause he says he's going to put a half pipe in the room and he says, heck no, I'm a skater mom. And like the best, I feel like you and I, Chris have both said this to our parents back when we were in skating. No, we're fucking skaters. We don't, we yeah. don't care anymore. <laughs> It's so funny because when you look at him, it's like you never look at yourself the same way as you look at the rest of the world. I used to always think like adults looked so much older, like they looked like yeah. adults. And I never yeah. felt like I felt or looked like an adult. When I even though Bam is like a punk, when I see him, he's an adult. So to see him acting like that around his mom where his mom still his mom is a weird yeah. thing. Except for the fact that we're older and we still act like that when we we're still around 100%. our moms. It's so weird I- when you put it into perspective like that. I go back and visit my parents sometimes, uh, our parents, I'm, I'm talking to you now, Chris, and, uh, you know, I'll go back to their, their place. I'll like play tennis with that or something like that. And then come go back to the house for some dinner. And as we're watching dinner, I will literally sit down next to my mom. Okay. This is going to sound really bad until I get to the, I know the, the exactly point where of you're it. going with this. I sit down next to my mom. Are you going to take my shirt off? Yeah. <laughs> and then I ask her to scratch my back and guess what? She scratches my back and yeah. it's totally normal. For everyone around, it's just something that I do. I act way more like a child in front of my mom than Bam does. I know. I always was jealous of you for that because, like, back scratches are the best. But I actually had girlfriends for the majority of my life, so I was able to get back scratches from them. And yeah. Then now it's the re- the roles have kind of reversed. Do you get Carly? Yeah, a little or, bit. Sorry, do you get your? Uh, I don't know if we're talking about that. It's it's yeah, a okay. first name. I don't know. Yeah, she do you, does scratch my back. Nice, That's why nice. we're together. Also, yeah, she just say, so happens. Why to be else great, have a girlfriend yeah. if you're not getting a back scratch? It's <laughs> exactly. really not a point. You Funny thing about my back, it's located tongue, on can, my dick. Yeah, <laughs> that's the I, best line. <laughs> do you do you ever like you've been to Rub and Dugs, right? Yes. No. Yes. Yes. Of course. Yes. Of course you have. Yeah. Um, what would happen if you went and just asked for a back scratch? Is that acceptable? <sighs> I'm not a psychopath, so no. You know. But um, I, I don't know the answer to that. I'm sure, like I'm sure they would rather do that than. I was gonna say massage. I almost think they would probably rather give you a, a hand job than scratch your back. I went to them and they more got, intimate. Like when I actually want a massage because it's like you know it's like later on and it's like it's cheaper than a real massage place, believe yeah. it or not. And you know it's like I'm like no, I just want a massage, and they get mad at you because they're not like getting extra extra money like uh, it's like it's like they actually get pissed off because you're wasting their fucking time which is really weird concept when you think about it that way but yeah it is it is well hey look uh you gotta you gotta do what you gotta do to make that money baby that's uh, money uh, dog one of my favorite people of all time enters the stage it's tim glom he's here and of course he's willing and game to do all the renovations in 24 hours because of course he is of course tim glom is going to be game to do whatever the fuck it is that you ask him you talk about the ideas person and the getter done person tim glom is the getter done person you tell him whatever the fuck it is that you want him to do and he's getting it done he is the perfect pairing for an ideas person yep definitely and in that speaking of these personality types as well we get montage time and uh, and first of all, you got to give it to these guys like these guys are making a ton of money from MTV, but they're like actually physically working a decent amount unless they're literally staging four scenes where they're like hammering something, putting something in and then they go fuck off to the bar. But it doesn't seem like that. It seems like Bam and Dunn and, and the crew are sticking around and at least trying to help out. Do you think do you think that's the case? I, I do that that type of crew, those guys, it just, it seems like they're all so ADD. 
they just can't sit still. And this seems yeah. like what they've always been doing. It's like now they just have a budget behind it and camera crews. But I feel like they were always working on little projects, building this, going here, doing that. Like, I think they enjoy it. I don't think they would, even if someone said, okay, let's just stage this and then we'll take care of the rest. Like, I think that they're looking to fill their day, to be honest. I, honestly, may, maybe. But, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. You look at a guy like Rab, like Rab himself. Except for Rab. And I guarantee, he hates well, except for Rab for sure. But, but he, so here's the thing. Bam probably said to him at some point, come live with me. It'll be a shitty accommodation, but you'll never have to work and you'll get to live at my place for free. <laughs> now he's renovating a fucking house and he has to sh- still stay in like probably a shitty attic somewhere in the walls parasiting the uh, castle Bam. Like he did not sign up for this. This is not the scene from Entourage he was expecting to be playing. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. It's like he- Bam is the leader of the crew for sure. There's no doubts mm-hmm. about it. And when you have a leader that's I thought like, it was oh, Rake Yon. I thought oh. I always thought Rake was the leader. He is. He's the he's like the Wizard of Oz behind the curtain. <laughs> yeah, you pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Yeah. But uh you you have to match the energy. If you're like part of that crew, and it's like I think that energy was tough for a lot of those people. And actually I think it's probably a good thing because if they didn't have someone like Bam that they had to keep up with and kind of do those things for, I feel like a few of them would have kind of been definitely bums. They would have been lost to the annals of Westchester. Absolutely. Um, how about this, Chris? Uh, we've got these different personality types. I want you to tell me which one you are. All right. We've got Dunn, who just flat out doesn't want to work. Uh, we have, uh, uh, but but he he does. He does it, but he's very reluctant to do it. We've got Tim Glom, who's the go-getter. He's going to do whatever it is you put on his, uh, on his radar, and he's going to do it well. Uh, but he's not going to be the one to come up with the idea. You have Bam, who does everything all over the place. It's sloppy, but he's game to play. And then Rab, who does a little bit of work and then passes out after two minutes. Which which one are you? So it's funny. Right away, it's like the the the. I just think of like, as weird as it sounds, I feel like Dad and Bam are similar. You know, it's like I'm going to yeah, come up with all yeah. this shit. I have a whole bunch of cronies under me, and I'm going to sit there yes. and be like, "You do this, you do this, you do this," and get everything fucking done. But not doing so much himself. I'm definitely not making it look like he's kind of, yeah. 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 And he's just kind of there just like, you know, and it's like, oh, he's there and he's working hard and he is doing stuff. So I'm not knocking him that, but it's just like you, when you're that much of an idea person and driven person, you can't waste your time doing the the little tasks. Like you need to be moving around, getting things done and helping direct things. But uh, I I think I'm, I think definitely done. I have Mm -hmm. a bit of an attitude problem. (laughs) <laughs> I could get shit done. Like I know how to do stuff, but I'm kind of miserable when I'm doing it. And sure, sure. I will just suck it up and do it, but I'll be fucking angry and it'll show it off to people. I'll, I, I'll take, I'll take, I'll take the listener back to, uh, I'll say 40 minutes ago, uh, when I called you and said, Hey man, we gotta, we gotta record this episode. Uh, haven't heard from Jay, but we gotta get this one done. And I just hear this. <sighs> fucking jesus there's no other day you can do this no chris we agreed we got to record wednesday otherwise oh fuck i'm like okay you know what we'll do it another day the energy's a bit weird you're like no no we'll do it i'm just in a shit mood i'll get over it give me 20 minutes 40 minutes later we record no it wasn't 40 minutes later he called me it was 30 it was 30 22 minutes 30 it was 30 minutes it was 30 minutes i know it was 30 minutes because i I can prove it right here let's do it right now yeah let's do it you called me at 7.54. We spoke on the phone for uh, for about three minutes, let's say. So that's okay. 7.57. 7.57. We, 
then then I texted you saying I'm on. Uh huh. Twenty nine minutes ago. Twenty nine minutes ago. I said. So, oh yeah. No, thirty one minutes ago. That's for the camera. Thir- thirty one minutes ago. So yeah. thirty one minutes ago from now was eight. This is going to be impossible for the listener to pay attention to. But it was eight thirty two. No, thirty eight twenty two. Oh, eight twenty two. So yeah, about twenty five minutes. So we're both minutes, right. Exactly twenty three minutes. Sorry. So yeah, about twenty three. So we're both right. Tw- in between twenty and thirty minutes. In between twenty and thirty shit. minutes. Who would you be? F- which one's uh, a fucking liar? Uh, I'm Tim Glom. I'm one hundred percent Tim Glom. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. You you do get shit done, but you're you don't like physically do it though. He's like physically building. He is physically. You're building. an operations guy, but like even when we build our cottage, you don't. You just fucking don't do yeah, it. I'm not. I'm not fucking. I'm not printing up these. But that's literally what, what Tim Glom does. He literally builds things. He's a carpenter. Of, of the well, but here's the thing: if if this if it's a group that has to get shit done, and it's I'm part of the project. I I've done physical labor all day. I'll do it all day, especially if I'm part of a group. The one thing I will not be is part of a group doing less than anyone else. I can't fucking do yeah. That. Not a chance. no. You're you're one of the most efficient people I know. Like you could figure shit out and you get shit done. And you, I, I'll but I suck with my that. hands. I I'm I'm talking about more of a personality type, like yeah. Tim Glom. No, of course, 100%. I can't build shit. I can't build shit. But if there's a task to get done, I'll get it done. Yeah, I'll be like, uh, I, need I also this, just, we need like internet at our cottage. And you like do all this research and fucking next thing you know, you're freaking. Flying up Starlink with friggin' Elon Musk all of a sudden. Now we got friggin' I did. Starlink I called him cottage. personally. Yeah. I called him personally. He found yeah. a way. Yeah. I'm sure he did. <laughs> he, yeah, well, we, we were the first I, people I, in Canada I to have it. We were, we were pretty fucking we were close. We were pretty fucking close, right? Fucking like close. you were on like a fucking what are the beta test list for like four years before anyone even heard of it or some stupid shit like that. Yeah, exactly. Dude, one time we were at the cottage. Tell him this story about the aliens. Oh, yeah, this is not a great story. It's not a great story. We saw them launching some of the satellites and we didn't know it was satellites. We just saw a hundred stars in a row, just like shooting out from the horizon. And we thought we were about to die. It looked like a frigging legion of like soldiers or warships. Yeah, 100%. I was We're in the middle of nowhere in our cottage on an island. Yeah. I was convinced we were being uh, uh, invaded. It was actually pretty exciting. I was looking forward to it, if I'm I'm, I'm being honest. Yeah, Um, we're up here. I don't have to go to work anymore. It's fucking awesome. 100%. Hundred uh, percent. So Vito comes in. He breaks in, speaking gibberish. Uh, uh, just being typical, Vito just pops his face in. By the way, the the title of this episode is. Uh, it sounds weird, but it's dating Don Vito. It has nothing to do with it. You would think it's building the pirate bar or something, but it's dating or Don Vito, which Slayer concert, Slayer concert, something like that. Uh, or, or how about this? Don Vito slays. Ooh, that's a good one. You know what I? Something love? like that. I love seeing, that? and and I don't know if I just didn't notice it in the the other episodes or. Maybe they didn't do it as much. I do remember this being a big part of the show as time went on, but the Don Vito captions. This is the first time oh, yeah. I consciously like saw them because he said, you fucking guys, and they, they did, you Vulcan guys. Vulcan the, guys, because it kind of sounded like he said, you Vulcan guys. I just love uh, how they, they, they make the words up. Like, whatever he says, it's, it's like, hilarious. it's not actual captions. It is gibberish captions, which, which is actually so much funnier to me. And it's like, I remember looking, like, loving those scenes later on as as uh there were there was another moment in this one that i'll bring up later that that i found to be absolutely hilarious too and is very typical of like this viva la bam thing i remember it very fondly from viva la bam and that the the incorrect subtitles was one of them for sure but in the subtitles don Vito says uh you guys don't make any sense which like imagine being told you don't make any sense by don Vito. (laughs) That's like that's like Louis C.K. telling you your masturbation habits are a little bit inappropriate. Like, like you, gotta, <laughs> you can't. It's got to come from someone else. 
<laughs> so the reason why he po- pokes his head in is because uh, it's it's uh, it's it's the goal of the evening is to get Don Vito a date. Uh, but you're not just gonna gonna let him go and raw dog it. And it turns out even if you do prep him for it, he's still gonna be an absolute terror to deal with. Uh, but they take him out to kind of train him how to do some dating. Dico puts on a wig and uh, and and Don Vito shows him what game he's got. This uh, did not age which, well. I, last episode, I no. said I'm not going to beat on a dead horse and keep talking about this. It's impossible yeah. to ignore here. He's literally like, imp- yeah, just yeah. grab her tits and grope her. Like, that's like you guys talk about like what he did. Like you guys yeah. said, like, oh, he's a pedophile and this and that. Like the actual story is he had like he was at a signing or in a public appearance yes. and some yeah. underage girl was on his lap and he was groping her. So right. literally exactly what he was saying there is exactly what he was doing. You're like. Holy fuck, man. He was he was well, not making this up. This is his game. It is his game. Or maybe he was just making a joke and then they loved like here's here's there's something about this episode where I'm like, how much did Bam and his crew have to do with creating the monster that became Don Vito? Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Was he like this before or did he react? Did he grab a tit and everyone laughs and he's like, oh, Don Vito. And he's like, OK, positive reinforce like a fucking Pavlovian and he, dog. And he's getting it like, you know, he's a celebrity now, so to speak. And. And he is getting rewarded for acting in a certain character. And That's then it. all of a sudden that character could come to life. Like who's that, that UFC fighter who like kind of did the, uh, he started becoming like a Trumper and being like oh, that guy. Uh, 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 yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll think of his name. They, he's they, they, they one of the, one like of the better a, fighters out there right now. Yeah, yeah. And they said he wasn't getting any, like, you know, any, he wasn't a big star or anything like that. He wasn't getting these big fights. Col- and he Col- created this Col- persona. Colby, Colby Covington. Colby Covington. Colby Covington. And then, but a lot of people said he was originally playing a role. Yeah. And he got so rewarded and so built up and he built a fan base on this. He, it, it was like a self-fulfilling prophecy. So that's definitely 100%. a good point because I bet you that at least has a factor in what happened with Don Vito towards the end. I, I totally agree. And, and you can see he's it like, like it's kind of playful at moments where they're like, well, what, what's Don Vito going to do? They're asking where he's going to take Deco on this, on this fake date. And he says, well, let's and then they say, like, I bet you he's going to try to take her to the strip club. And he immediately says, let's go to the strip club. They kibosh that. So he says, fine, 10 cent wings. Uh, and that's Imagine that's hilarious. 10 cent wings. Oh, man. The wings are so Imagine, expensive these days. Great for us as humans. Imagine being a chicken and finding out that's all your wings are worth. That would suck. Not just your wings, your wings with with preparation, with sauce <laughs> and delicacy that people love. And people are getting it by the pound for 10 cents each. That would be fucking demoralizing. I always think about that. Like, each wing, like, each two wings that you eat is one whole bird. Yes. Like, that bird, that's, you can't, you don't get 10 wings from a bird, no matter how big the bird is. So, like. That's a good point. No one eats, like, (laughs) fucking, people go and they get, like, the unlimited wings or people banging out 20, 30, 40 wings. Yeah. Times a whole restaurant, times the millions of fucking restaurants around the world. Like, how many fucking chickens do we make? It's a lot of souls. It's a lot of souls, you know, going straight into your belly. Um, um, uh, and you know what? I think, I think Don Vito looks like he's trying to steal the soul Shao Kahn style or, or, or Shang, <laughs> Shang Tsung style from Mortal Kombat when he's kissing this, this, <laughs> this way. How is that guy's name? I could. Shang Tsung. Shang Tsung. Oh, weird. Yeah. Shao Kahn's like from it. Mortal Kombat too. Uh, but he, cause he kind of like consumes their soul, right? He eats it yeah. and Don Vito's got his mouth right up against that. When Don Vito shows the example of how he kisses people on the wing, you don't, I'm, I'm telling, if I told you, Chris, that there was a record scratch at that moment, you'd believe me, right? Like the whole vibe fucking shifts. It was, 
very it was too vivid when he got that sauce on his lips and it kind of looked like he had some like lipstick on and I, and I, then I went to this point where I'm like if this guy was like you know like Buffalo Bill from friggin' uh, Silence of the Lambs and he goes and he like gets home goodbye goodbye or, or, or horses Steve Buscemi and fucking uh, Billy Madison <laughs> <laughs> cross him off the lifts like I had this weird creepy vision of him being in like doing some really dark shit and putting on lipstick and it just freaked well, me the fuck out he looked very. It was, I did not like the scene whatsoever. It was not funny to me. It was very, like, bothersome. Like, it, I don't know. It, it seriously was. But I also think, like, like I said, the whole vibe changed. I think that everyone who was there eating wings with him had the same impression. They were like, I'm not comfortable with this anymore. Like, this is just fucking gross. They cut to a quick montage and then Bam's like, all right, we're getting the fuck out of here. Um, um, and instead they go canvassing around, I think, a university canvas or a campus like they're like they're trying to get elected to public office or something, trying to get uh, a date for Don Vito. Here's a good little interstitial. I don't think there's anything too much of note unless unless you noticed anything that you picked up on. No, no. It, it's kind of like uh, it's exactly what you expect. It is. They say no. Deco was really funny in this. He brought up a couple. He had a couple of good one liners chases after some cars and stuff. Uh, but then we cut to and this is what I was talking about with some of that MTV editing that I remember so fondly and specifically about this era of of television. It's Bam explaining to Ape what death metal is as she's painting the walls. I love this. This was this was great. This this was such a funny scene. You know, I know as a kid, I always talk about this. I loved when Bam was a shithead to his parents. But when he's There's just a, a, a little rascal. Yeah, what is it? what's that? There's a lot of love there. It's exact. Little yes. rascal is a perfect way to describe. He's just it. a little rascal. And the best you, like, like, no, I want to give him a noogie and then like, like twirl the little like whirly whirly gig hat that he's wearing. It, like it, he's just a little. little bit, we always little see ape, and she plays into a role. Remember, we were like talking about it the other week. You know how like Phil yeah. kind of plays into it, but you could tell he enjoys it. But we're like, oh, it definitely seem like it stresses ape out. We got a very good glimpse there. Like she's cool as fuck. And she's having she, a fun oh, she's fucking 100%. time, you know? And yes. and that little interaction they had there where he's kind of being a goof and it's, that's his mom. It literally reminded me of like when me or when you are messing with our mom, you know what I mean? In this like yes. weird kind of silly way. And it's like before she scratches our backs. She doesn't scratch my back. I wish I'm going to start taking over now. Say, so you have a girlfriend. I, I would be so mad at now. that's my, I can do that this that Christmas, is, this Christmas, Chris, I'm taking over. Don't cut say, my Carly, grass. You, no, hundred percent. Unless Carly wants to that scratch is, my back. You know what? Fine. I got it. You know what? I'll let her. And like you said, the funny part about my back is located on my cock. (laughs) (laughs) You know, the the part about this one that I really loved, and this is the this is specifically the editing thing I was talking about. The whole scene is Bam is trying to explain what death metal is to ape because Slayer is a death metal band. So he's saying he's and she's like, oh, it's like Journey or this or that or Death Leopard. And he's like, that's not death metal. They're like, and and these guys are like, and he's like pantomiming that. But as he pantomimes, they actually play guitar riffs and and uh, and and drum riffs like like in the audio. And he kind of like quickly does it like and it's and every time they splice in the sound, I'm like, that's really funny. That's yeah. that's when you can create a joke in editing. It reminds me of something like Tim and Eric. I always, I always laugh really hard at that. When, whenever just an editing thing makes me laugh, I'm like, I'm like, good on you. Hey, random thing. Shout yeah. out to our sister. It's her birthday as of the day that we're recording. I tried calling That's her. That's true. She didn't it answer. is. If, well, she, she, I, I don't think she likes answering the phone and you call. To be honest. So I'll do it over <laughs> here. And if she, you know what? She'll never hear it because no one, she doesn't listen to our own fucking podcast. So 
not happy birthday. Do you think bitch. she's ever listened to an episode of this? I, I bet you she hasn't. Not fucking all the way through. Yeah. It's disappointing. Because yeah. how many dance recitals have we watched her do? Yeah. And the worst part is we, she had like six hour fucking dance recitals. And she had like six awful. dances in them for like two minutes apiece. And they were like And they'd always splice them out. I mean, yes. It's funny because she she danced with my business partner right now's daughter. So he would be like, right. me and him would be out there and we'd just be sneaking out, smoking cigarettes outside together, just like trying to get the fuck away from this shit. Because we're like, it was always every single time it was on Sunday, it was far away in Brampton. And it was always yeah, the first Brampton, nice Brampton is about 45 minutes year. away from Toronto. Yeah. It was like, I wanted football was on. We just wanted to be watching football. And it was a gorgeous fucking day every time. And we're like, what yeah. the fuck? Get some 10 cent wings in your belly. Ugh. Do you remember the time we were at a, a dance recital? <laughs> and it there was a delay it just wasn't starting and we were sitting there for like 30 minutes it's past past the time it's supposed to go on or something and i don't remember how it ended up happening but for some reason i stood up got on stage and said hey everyone i just wanted to say uh, we're doing our best to get the show started uh uh, we appreciate everyone's patience with all this it's going to be a great show we got planned for you uh can't wait to show you what we got and then i just got off stage and went back and sat Sat in the audience and everyone's like i thought you were talking about this i thought you were talking about the time when i can't remember the exact details of it but like it was like weird because like my sister is at the dance and it was like some like interpretive dance or so they're doing some like weird fucking modern gay ass shit and her fucking <laughs> her fucking uh her boyfriend was like sitting with me and his oh, right his his fucking ex-girlfriend was in the same dance thing and the yes. we're sitting front fucking row and i can't remember exactly what happened but the lights went out and they were doing something like they were gasping for air but like right before someone farted or something along those lines no no you're mixing two stories because the first one was in the interpretive dance the dancers had to crawl towards the audience like right up to the audience and his ex ended up having to crawl basically straight up into his face as he was sitting there we were just la- we were laughing so hard but like we thought that like you know when you think that they're thinking you're laughing at them but we're laughing at something yes. out of context and that's just, just making like, it worse oh man yeah anyways that was great. Maybe our dance recitals weren't that bad after all. <laughs> yeah, maybe we have some good stories about them. Maybe we should start a podcast going back and reviewing all the home videos of Coley's dance recitals. Um, so we get we get a cut uh, uh, speaking to uh, 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 having to uh, uh, exude. Uh, fuck it. There's there's no transition here. I was going to say, uh, you know what? This is a dead joke. And on a dead joke, you have a bunch of bones that you're going to have to decorate for this freaking pirate uh, uh, bar that we got going on. Although he wasn't uh, and decorating is- bones. Yeah, we had bones. They were painting bones in the beginning here. Well, most of the stuff was <laughs> Windex bottles. And- no, 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 no. You're thinking that's that comes a little bit later when oh, Rob okay. has to paint everything gold, which is fucking hilarious. <laughs> this is just as they were just painting bones together. Uh, and then and that was a quick interstitial, essentially, just to get us back to Don Vito on the date. You know, again, going back to the name of the episode, Dating Don Vito. Uh, we get this weird little dating, like a uh, 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 reality TV sort of thing, like a dating show that we get. It has like three next. candidates. Next. It was kind of like next. Um, yeah. Which was, by the way, a fucking awesome show. I, I love the show. Now. That it, that back. It was like you get home from school, you watch next and then Room Raiders. Tell me there's oh. a better lineup ever. Oof, Boy Meets World and uh uh step by was, step. And step by yeah, what was that uh uh 
TGI ABC, Fridays. TGI Fridays was, was, was pretty yeah, fucking that's good. Pretty heavy. I'm not gonna um, so we we got to set him up with a date, but in order to do so, they set him up with a wire. It's a typical romantic comedy kind of thing. The guy on the date doesn't know what he's doing, so he gets a wire, and there's friends in a van kind of watching the date as it goes, and they have to uh, t- they give him things to say during the date. Tell me this wasn't the first instance of what has now become Impractical Jokers. That's what we're watching right now, right? (laughs) They're giving him things to say. Like at one point they say, stand up and do a military salute and he does it. Uh, But I honestly don't believe that for most of this, the people he was going on a date with knew about the earpiece until maybe a little bit later on in the day. Well, he's even sitting there. He's like, I got voices in my head. And like, you see them generally look concerned. Yes. And that that was the time. Yeah. Normally in those things in those romantic comedies, the guy is so shy and he doesn't know what to say. Don Vito, to his credit, if he didn't look the way he did, here's the difference. Let me put it this way. Okay. It's pretty crazy in the world what looks do for you. Sure. You could get away with so much more if you have looks. The exact same thing that is disgusting and repulsive and offensive is extremely sexy to girls if you're good looking or if you're ugly. True. I've known that because I put on a lot of weight and I can't get away with the shit <laughs> that I used to get on. And I'm fucking still trying to do this and i'm turning into don vito it's fucking terrible but the the, it's him coming in there and i i respect his game he comes in so aggressive he's not shy at all he has no fucking qualms you know like i like your tits nice tits he grabs a fucking woman that's sitting having a meal at the other table and drags her over to the thing if he was a good looking guy that girl would be sucking his dick that night i guarantee honestly like i i hate to agree with you on this (laughs) but that type of shit would work like like and listen Oftentimes it wouldn't work, but I think women don't realize I've seen shit like that work. It does work sometimes. It like it. I'm not saying it's the right thing to do, but you are kidding yourself if you don't think it's going to work. Also, to your point, like romantic comedies, if Ryan Gosling did that in a movie, you would be like, this is a, this is amazing. This guy is <laughs> right? like, why can't all men be like this? Cause we don't all look like Ryan Gosling. If we hang by one arm on a merry-go-round or a Ferris wheel, you're going to call the fucking cops. Uh, uh, if we do half the shit that happens in the notebook, we got a restraining order. That's, that's what happens, right? It's brutal. Well, not you. Cause you're on that like 10 out of 10 pretty spectrum. Uh, that's only on uh, Fridays after my Thursday grooming day. <laughs> True, touche. Yeah, you don't want to yeah. see him on a Wednesday. It's a fucking. It is, he gets a. It's a fucking jungle out there. I'll tell you. It's that. a jungle it's, out there. He has on six here, days. Under there. Six days build up for him is a fucking scary thing. It's a scary thing for everybody. Uh, uh, so we get the three dates. We got date one, Etona. He straight out compliments her tits in the beginning and asks to see her tattoos. Date two is Stephanie. This is when it got me thinking that it was Impractical Jokers. Uh, and then we have date three, Brooke, which is the most interesting thing to me. This is the one where he calls the 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 uh, a big busty lady from the table aside to sit down with them. The thing that that amazes me about this one is is halfway through the date, Bam and his crew come in, and Don Vito does something. I don't know why he's like trying to. Uh, I don't know, like, like posture or something or, 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 or make a big show of it. And he smacks the table and spills coffee on, uh, on, on his date <laughs> on Brooke. Now, did you notice this the coffee spills on Brooke? Brooke is like, what the fuck takes the rest of the, the hot coffee. You can see it steaming, throws it in Don Vito's face. Don Vito starts to get pissed. Did you see what happened in the background here? Uh, I might've, I, I'm you, you run with it. I'll let you know you, if I did. Immediately, a producer sprints into the restaurant, comes in, cuts like you can see him cutting in between Don Vito and the person. And then the camera cuts and they're talking about something else. A producer's like, 
this is getting close to a liability. We got to shut this shit down right now. Go back and watch that scene. You can see him run in. It's hilarious. Yeah. Well, yeah. I, what the fuck is up with this whole like, Ooh. like smacking the girls on the head? Like he's not smacking them. Don't get me. Wrong. He's not hitting them. But it's it's just a very physical and just. Uh, well, that's like that's something even get. a good-looking guy couldn't get away with. You know, he, it's just it's, it's very unnoticed. If someone did that to me, I'd be like, "What the fuck?" Are I you have doing? a theory on this because because he keeps saying he's hypnotizing them. That's that's the, his go-to line before he does it. But in the van, when when he's on his quote-unquote mock date with with Rab, uh, or sorry, with Deco, Deco's like, "What would you do to hit on me?" And he he does that. He, he hits him that. in the head. And I think I I really truly believe I'm not making a joke right now. That he saw something in a video or a movie or a clip <laughs> where someone literally hypnotized someone by bumping them on the head. And he believes he's going to take his chances because one time it's going to work. It's like it's, it's, it's like kind of like with the, the particles or whatever, like technically like yeah. with a theory <laughs> of relativity or whatever it is. Like technically you could one day if you hit the hit the counter, your hand could go right through. Your hand could go you straight get the through. Right particles. So through. every so often you try it. It's like it's like when your remote control is a little too far away from you, so you try to use the force. Like once a week, <laughs> once a week you believe it might actually work, and you'll never know if you don't try. And that's that's what he does. I honestly think that's what we're. That is here. so funny. It's so true. <laughs> so the uh, the dates get called off, and we go back to the buried treasure uh, uh, scene where Rab himself has just started painting shit gold. Um, Maybe I am like Rad because. I will if I do have to do a task, <laughs> I will do it so shitty that I, I hey, I did it. What do you want from me? Fuck, I'm not an expert and no one will ask me to do it ever again. So that's a fucking pretty good tactic. You know, if there's something you don't like doing, don't do a good job at it. No one will that's ask true. you to do it anymore. But he does such a bad job that it becomes a good job. He's painting things like baseballs and, and baseball gloves, baseball gloves. Windex, baseball gloves, spray, <laughs> shaving cream. I think he even spray paints the bottle of spray paint Windex. gold. Windex. Well, he does the Windex as well, for sure. It's really funny. It's a fun look because they want to have it look like buried treasure. We get a good little interstitial there. That's the kind of like punchy 45 second bit that I love about Viva La Band. They don't linger on it too long, so we won't either. We get a music break by, I'm pretty sure, Flogging Molly, where it does the intro to the pirate bar, and it looks fucking awesome. Do you, do you agree? Do you think this place, I would drink here if I could. 100% I would. Do you think, you know how they invited, like, everybody from West Ch- They said, like, oh, we're, like, they're doing the concert, right? So they invited the whole town, basically. Yeah, yeah. Do you, like, if you just lived in that town, like, would you get to go hang out at Bam's house in the pirate bar? Or, like, do you think that was, like, the VIP area? Because, like, as as the show goes on, they're kind of I think that was the, the, that was the private outside. box. Yeah, when the camera goes outside, there are a ton of people. I think Bam was in his private box in, in the pirate bar with, with, with those people. I, I um, honestly think if we lived in Westchester... Being the people that we are, we would be in that fucking box. Of course. I mean, we, 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 here's a little insight into Chris and my lives, especially a few years back. We'd enter into a bar. The first thing we would do is we'd walk right up to the hottest girl. We bump her straight on the fucking head and try to <laughs> hypnotize her. That doesn't work. We point to a big titted lady behind her, grab her into the conversation and see what happens. By the end of the night, we're in a private box with Bam Margera. I can almost guarantee it. 100%. <laughs> um, so Slayer arrives. Uh, and you get this little funny thing where uh, Rake keeps trying to introduce them and they don't come out of the bus and Rake's giving it his whole like heavy metal intro. That was great to me. What a great prank. It's this it's the equivalent of like when a rookie NHL player takes to the ice for the first time and the rest of the team holds back. So they leave the guy skating alone in circles <laughs> for a little bit. It's just this weird like it works every time and you can tell they're just so 
geared up that they're not even thinking about getting pranked and it works on them always. I bet like the coach getting dumped on with the, uh, with the Gatorade, like they're never actually thinking about it. They always think they're going to be like, Oh, you'd think they'd expect it, but they don't. Um, here's, here's the thing that I'm wondering though. Did you get this impression, Chris, when Slayer comes, they look, this was the first time I was like, Oh, they're not actually friends with bam. They were paid to, to come here. They, they showed up and they were paid to be there. Did you get that impression? Do they look bored? And like, they're not too stoked about it. I see. I was thought about this quite a bit. I, it, and it ties into later on, like they, like he was renovating the place. So they had places to sleep. Sure. So I don't think they would sleep at his place for a paid gig. Unless that was, that was just for the cameras and they sent him to a hotel after. I also don't think, I don't think they slept there. I really don't think but they slept it, there. But he, here's the thing. Like, they're a massive band, right? Like, yeah, they're one of they're an iconic, iconic band. I don't know if you like Slayer. I had oh. a little Slayer phase for a while. But what you're what you're not realizing or what you might not be realizing. Sorry, I don't want to put words. In you your said a little is, condescending there. OK, yeah, is, but they're they're like the culture of like death metal and punk. No matter how big these guys are, they never really get that mainstream sitting in a nice ritzy hotel type thing. It's all about those little kind of experiences, the, the yeah. true authentic ones. And I wouldn't be surprised if they actually were like, fuck it, man. Bam's a fucking professional skater. He's got a fucking castle. Like, we're going to have some fun. We're going to get fucked up at the pirate bar all night. Like, I'll, I'll fucking crash on a couch. I, I wouldn't put it past on any of those guys to crash on a couch at some point. So it's, I think it's definitely possible. Yeah, it's definitely possible. But the, I think the the moment that really sold it to me a, when they're doing the tours, they just don't look that ecstatic. Um, they look, they like you and I have done a lot of signings working in the industry that we've worked in. We've worked with a lot of athletes and stuff. And you can tell when someone is there out of an obligation and when they actually legitimately want to be there. And they walked in there like, all right, let's see what the fuck we got to deal with. Okay. And every time they're talking to yeah. them, it's like, hey, you ready to uh, to perform right now? And they're like, oh, we're performing. Like, all right. And then the one that really sold at home, there's the moment when Bam goes to say thank you to them. And Bam looks more awkward than I've ever seen him in my entire life. He goes to shake their hands and he's just kind of like, well, uh, thanks God. And it's like, it's like they're, it's like, I bet you what happened before they finish performing Bam's partying Slayer tells their manager, we're out of here. Go, go tell the crew. The manager goes to get Bam and says, Hey, Slayer's got to go. Sorry. We just had another gig pop up. Why don't you come say, say goodbye really quick. And then Bam's like, Oh, sorry guys realizes he's not cool enough for them to hang. And that's why he's like internalized it. And he looks really like, like a little boy. Yeah. I, I could honestly see every part of this wheel. Like I could see any of them being correct. Like I, and maybe they're just upset. Like if you get off your fucking bus, you pull up in the middle of fucking nowhere and you have, set up rake greeting you you'd be like oh my god this is the motherfucker that we got this is the people that we're chilling with like he looks 100%. like percent they're like kind of fanboy like those kind of like crazy fans that they would have that they're like oh this is gonna be interesting yes and I-, I feel like they warmed up as the time went on you know what i mean like they still Hopefully. got along and they did that good night skit at the end of it which i, that I, I liked i liked that forward. so no, it no, obviously no, no, wasn't no. like hey they got another gig they got to get the fuck out of here they took the time to do that like there's no way if they, they were paid in that circumstances to do a show there was in the contract. Hey, you got to like film the sketch for the end of the show. I, I disagree, I man. So. We, we've had a lot of, I, I think that maybe they did it out of goodwill, but like in a lot of signings, we have like, these are the things that you have to do. These are the numbers you have to hit. These are the VIPs you have to meet this, like those sorts of things, especially in an MTV contract. I guarantee you they're like one time 
sketch for the show, interview for the show, this, like, what are they? And, and I could very well see a world where it's like before the concert, TV magic, we make it look like you're going to bed, even though it's three o'clock in the afternoon, film this, get it going. True, Who knows? True. It's not, it's not worth really like litigating that much, but it was interesting because in my mind, when I was watching this, it was always like, everyone wants to fucking hang out with Bam. And maybe if this were season four or five, after he it gained even that much more notoriety, they'd be begging to come on the show because I guarantee you nowadays people know Bam Margera more than they know. Sl- I, I don't know that for sure, but I think, I think he's probably more of a household name. You know um, what I was also thinking is, why Bam was acting a little meager, I think maybe they literally tried to do all this work in 24 hours. He had this grandier vision in his idea board of what he wanted to get done. Right. And it was like that pirate bar, other than when you saw it before all the people were in there, it was definitely half-assed. Like it wasn't. Yeah, yeah, cool. yeah, yeah. I'm sure like, I think he, he wanted to make this so fucking cool for them. And they just didn't get it done nearly the way they wanted to because they probably gave themselves a tight budget and. He was almost embarrassed because he was probably talking to them, being like, fucking, we're going to do this. We're going to have the fucking skate park. We're going to have a fucking pirate That could bar. be it, too. And yeah. then you have a fucking little quarter pipe. Who knows? And there's we're reading a lot into this, but it's yeah, an interesting it's worth, dynamic. It's worth, yeah, totally. It, it is, it's interesting because it just does not suit the vibe that I remember mm-hmm. from Viva La Bam. And I know that it changes. It was just interesting to see that that so early on you have this interaction that doesn't seem like, regardless, it doesn't seem like they're 100% in. Whereas I 100%. think other people who come are. Uh, you mentioned Rake doing the introduction, and this is the last thing I need to say about the episode. Uh, but they show as the concert's going on, as Slayer's playing, Rake is controlling the mosh pit. Is there a person, like say what you will about Rake Yon, is there a person in the world you would want to be next to you in the mosh pit less than Rake Yon? He looks terrifying in that thing. Swinging yeah. his arms and his hair. He's a maniac. I bet you that guy has never lost a fight in his entire life. He he is one of the most, in, he, he looks, he is death metal. Every look about yeah. him. And then you find out he's like a really smart scientist, dude. Yeah. Which is so mind boggling to me. But he, if I was going into a mosh pit at a death metal thing and I saw that guy, I would, you know, barring some fucking neo-Nazi with a fucking swastika on the fucking bald head or some shit, I, uh, yeah, I, I would not want to be anywhere near yeah, him. I, I'd be keeping my fucking distance and I bet you he stinks. So there's another reason to do it. Uh, that's it. That wraps up the episode. Uh, they, they say goodbye to Slayer. Slayer, we get that little credit sequence where they're saying goodnight to everyone through the walls. I, I found that pretty, pretty endearing. Oh, I like that cute. one. Uh, any other uh, comments on this one, Chris? What are your thoughts overall? Where, where, where would you think about this episode? I like it. I, I'm loving this season. It's same. The episodes, like you know, without commercials, are 20 minutes. They're quick. Yeah, yeah. you know, and it's it's very. I, I I find I'm enjoying watching these, trying to make notes mm-hmm. more than watching the the stunt like the jackass episodes because. There's not really much notes I can make, so I actually am just sitting down and just watching it, and then the odd time I'll be like, here here we go. You know, it's more of a story, so it's like, you know, when you're, if you're trying to remember 30 people's name, it's difficult to do, but if if, if it flows in a nice storyline, then it's like, oh, this leads to this, and this leads to this, so I, I don't really have to make these same kind of notes for the most part, and True. I can just actually enjoy the experience, and when I'm talking about it on the podcast, I'm not trying to hit certain points, the conversation flows nice, so... It's different than what we normally do, but I, I'm I'm loving it, man. I can't wait to get to get through the season. Like I can't wait to watch all the rest of them. I love it, you? and I, I, I no, I'm the same way. I they started off season two with a bang. I think it was like you love NBA Street, right? You know the game mm-hmm. NBA Street. 
I was one of the best of all time at that. And it was a fucking great game. It was a fantastic game. If you ever go back and play NBA Street Volume 1, it is so disappointing because it turns out what we remember about that franchise all started with NBA Street Volume 2. Two. And I feel yeah. like Season 1 of Viva La Bam was disappointing to go back to. I was just kind of like, I don't know. Like, I, I just don't feel like this is what I remember it having been, you know? Season 2, I'm like, and it all starts even with the introduction, with the intro being more like what I remember. It's like, maybe I didn't watch season one because it wasn't as good. I loved Jackass at the time. Why wouldn't I have been watching Viva La Bam season one? Maybe it didn't grab me in the same way and I only came back to it later. I don't know. But I fucking, I'm loving it so far. I'm right there with you. Nice. Uh, do you want to go into our MVPs and LVPs of, uh, of this episode? You go first. I'll go first this time. Okay. MVP, uh, this one, I don't know that there are a ton of standouts in this one. Um, I think I, I was expecting, and, and this kind of goes to just the tone of this overall episode. It was so fast paced that I barely remember anything. Um, um, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the, with the friend of the busty woman that Don Vito pulls over to the table because <laughs> she stays at the table and she doesn't try to inter- she doesn't try to intervene. She lets her friend have she the stage. She wasn't a mother hen. She wasn't a mother hen, and she just laughed in the background. Didn't ask to put her face <laughs> right in front of everything. She's my MVP. You know what? I, I I'm going with Don Vito. You know, he had good okay. moments. He had bad moments, but he had all the moments. You know what I mean? Like this episode centered around him. Everything that I you know uh, that I laughed at was when he was involved. Other than the uh, the spray painting, the the gold stuff. Right. Everything that I was thinking about had to do with him. He he was the person, he is the standalone person, the person we talked about most when talking about this episode. This is his episode, so he's the MVP. Interesting. Yeah, it's a, it's a good way to put it. He's definitely the person. You, I think you can make an argument for LVP for the reason exactly. of him. Yeah, just being, I, I think he could be both the MVP and LVP. He was he was definitely the standout, for better or worse, of this episode, for sure. Um, LVP in this one. Um, you know what? I'm going to go with... No, I'm not. I was originally thinking Ryan Dunn because of his uh, his his inability to to continue the work uh, when they got going. But he had some really funny moments in this one. So I, I'm not going to go with that one. LVP instead, I'm going to go with. You know what? I'm going to go with Deco, actually. Uh, Deco was kind of there in the background. I, I you know, I love Deco. I think he's I think he always brings a lot to the table. But when he put the wig on to be kind of the testing ground for Don Vito. That was such a good opportunity for him to really bring something out of the situation. And I feel like he just relied on the fact that he was in a wig to do all the heavy lifting. And that's so contrary to what Deco usually is. It's all his personality. So an LVP for Deco, not because he's awful, but because I know he could have done better. This is when like the coach picks on the best player on the team because he knows that it's going to drive him to be better the next time or or she's going to be a driver to be better the next time. I'm, I'm going to give this one to Deco for that reason. My MVP is Don Vito. <laughs> it's funny you said LVP? that because I'm going the MVP and LVP. Okay, nice. Sim- there you go. Sim- yeah. Simply yeah. based on the fact, like, he had a bunch of opportunities and he couldn't get the gash, man. He couldn't get any puss. So he- <laughs> he you're a fucking loser, man. You can't get that pussy, you lose a dog. <laughs> I was thinking, though, there has to be a moment in Don Vito's life when he reaches a level of celebrity where women will hook up with him just to say they have. Yeah, and I, it's not yet, but I guarantee you it happens but he at had some point Bam in his life. Setting up with dates, he had a camera crew. There's enough fucking women in the world, and probably enough guys on the opposite side of things. True, that will fuck someone just because 
of those circumstances alone. They're, they know this person. I, they know that, you know. Um, I also, I can't believe I said gash. That is, you know, there's certain words. There's no, it's the grossest <laughs> fucking word for, to describe my favorite fucking thing in the world. Like, you just think of it just like, when you actually vision it, you're like, ew, are you just cut open where your legs are? Like, girls are like, oh, you have something hanging down. I'm like, yeah. But you guys it got looks a like, fucking hole in your body that goes to your organs? That's fucking disgusting. It looks like someone stabbed a bullet wound sometimes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just fucking slop some fucking roast beef into that bitch. Yeah, I, I, I don't like that word. I don't know what made that pop out of my head. It kind of stunned me as I said it because someone said that once. And I'm like, I, it's, it's maybe the only word in the world that offends me. Yeah. Oh, well, there you go. No, or there's two. Now, what's the other one? <laughs> I don't want to play this game. Okay. All right. Let's not play it. Instead, uh, let's uh, point our listener towards our social media. It's at JackassPod on Twitter, on Instagram, on TikTok. TikTok, it's been taken off. Uh, we've got a lot of people interacting with us there. You can also always send us an email, JackassPod at gmail.com. Uh, if you want to join the uh, Discord servers that we talk about so often on this, send us an email as well, JackassPod at gmail.com, uh, and, and we'll, uh, we'll get you that link over there as well, the Jackass Vault. I'm also putting out a major call to action. Um, We've been doing this for a long time now. Uh, uh, we, we've got 80 episodes as of this one. That includes a, a bonus here and there. Um, we need to see more reviews. This is yeah. a flat out call to action for you guys. iTunes, Spotify. If you're listening to this on Spotify and you haven't given us a rating, it's as simple as going to our page. Click on it right now. Hit that five stars. You don't realize how much it actually helps us. We've seen growth over the past couple months, and we know that it can be made better, uh, especially when it comes to hitting those iTunes charts, which we've been we've been charting on for after shows and for comedy. It's been it's been great, but we know that we can get up higher, and we need your help for that. So uh, we do this Spread for you guys word. every week. We love doing it, but we want to do it for more people. Uh, uh, so so give us those reviews. Subscribe on YouTube. Like the videos. Interact with us on social media. It's the only way to get we the growth to the going. You know, like, we it's like we, we've yeah. done what we can do from our points. So we put out a good quality thing. We've never fucking miss a week. We're consistent. You know, we're not just like, you know, we've got good audio, decent video, except for Jay. Fuck him. Um, <laughs> he does, but, doesn't want the video. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it, it's it's there's a certain point where you need the push from the interaction to hit the algorithm. And that's when you can take yeah. off from the next level. And, and literally, it makes a world of a difference for us. So, you know. Fucking want to do keep it. hearing us and fucking just do it. Create a new account. Fucking do it on another account. Tell your fucking Hell friends. Yeah. Just click this for two fucking seconds, man. Game if you system, like us, share there's it a, I know there's else. a lot of people we interact with. And there's a lot of people that listen. We don't interact with as much. Just fucking take that time, man. Like, fuck off. Yeah. We put our, we fucking, you know, I was miserable today. I was trying to take a nap. Okay. Sorry, Chris, is, a Chris is going down the, the down the wrong path. <laughs> we, we've upset Chris. If we want him to be happy, we got to give him these reviews. Yes. Um, or maybe we want to send him full Don Vito. And, uh, and, and well, just get the goddamn fucking reviews there. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, uh, well, uh, thank you so much for joining us once again. Next week, we're doing season two, episode three of Evil Abam. Uh, Jay will be joining us back. Uh, Unless if things go well. Unless he's dead, we hope. No, he sent me a message as we were recording. Uh, uh, so, so he's yeah, all things are fuck. okay. We are happy to admit. Uh, fuck, <laughs> we're we're all good there. Uh, so, thanks so much for joining us again. Uh, and well, for the for the podcast. Uh, Bye. I'm Jason Wellwood. Fuck, that's what I always do. You threw me off there. Bye. I'm Chris Aaronworth. <laughs> Bye. I'm Mikey Aaronworth, and this has been Jackass.
Furnished by Sad Styles Productions. Get into it! <laughs>